Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, Kyle and I sit down with biomedical engineer, personal trainer, and entrepreneur, Nabil. Before diving into his proposition to use fat cells to fuel batteries, we discuss the importance of maintaining a healthy body and how our society makes it difficult to do so. We really enjoyed our conversation with Nabil, and we hope you do too. All right, welcome to the show, Nabil. Thank you. It's good to have you here. So we actually first met at the Entrepreneurza um, thing here at State. And uh, we'll get into that on what you were doing there. But first, I want to start on your major. And I think it's 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 a super like unique major because biomedical engineer for anyone that doesn't isn't from North Carolina. It's a cross um, degree with UNC, Chapel Hill and um, North Carolina State University, which is a really big degree to have. So why did you like start the degree in the first place? Like, What, what made you so attracted to biomedical engineer? Well, that's a big question. I think it's a fantastic opener. First of all, thank you guys for having me before before I dive into it. I really appreciate uh, being on this podcast, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun for the viewers as well. So biomedical engineering, you're exactly right. It's it's a loaded major. It's combining the best in engineering to, to the best in medicine to create the best medical technologies because our, our medications or our, our medicine can only be as good as our medications and our machines. The reason why I wanted it I think it goes back to my childhood. Uh, I was always a creative sort. I had a knack for mixing fields that weren't supposed to mix. I had a knack for taking up, you know, picking up scraps and, and putting them together and making something out of it. I remember one time as a kid, I got paper, masking tape, and a little stepper motor, an old CD, you know, 2000s kids. CDs were a thing. And I strapped together a helicopter which could bounce up and down the table. Didn't, didn't quite fly. If I had a stronger motor, I would have made it fly. But uh, I, I made something from nothing. And I kept with that. And I, I felt like, you know, that's, that's just who I am. It's part of my identity. And, you know, when you grow older, you go to school. And uh, school tries, or I wouldn't say it tries, but it has a knack for making people forget their, their natural creativity. Um, but I, I somehow held on to it, held on to that, held on, held on to that so much to the point that when it came time to decide what to study, uh, I realized I have to do something creative. I have to do something out of the box because I'm not going to be able to live with myself if I don't do something which just has this fire burning in my mind, getting me up, you know, every day in the morning thinking, this is exciting. Nobody's ever thought of this before and it's my chance to make it a reality. So that's, that's like addressing the creative side of biomedical and why, why that was a major motivating factor for me to go into such a unique field. Now, there's a lot of unique fields out there. You can be creative in any field. Everyone has, has some sort of creative aspect to their, to their character. But what appealed to me about biomedical engineering is I think the influence of my family. I grew up in an environment which was very STEM-oriented. My mom's a doctor, my late father was a professor professor of engineering, and I remember like seven, eight-year-old me would go watch lectures where my mom and my dad would present together. They would work on building devices together, like with my dad's senior design students, and I would see these incredible devices, and I'd see them building them at home in our basement. It's like, wow, that's so cool. But as a kid, I never thought, hey, I want to do that. I was like, yeah, cool. They made, a, they made a thing that makes someone's pain go away. But uh, I think part of that stuck in my subconscious. And, you know, turned 17, 18, what I want to do with my life. I felt like there is, I, would, I didn't see myself any other way. I wanted to solve problems. I wanted to bring something to this world 
leave it better than I found it. And my strengths, which were creativity, mixing fields that aren't supposed to mix, uh, and just a passion for helping people. So that's what I hope to do with biomedical engineering, or at least with a background in biomedical engineering. I don't think anyone's path is linear. Who knows where life will take me tomorrow or next year or 10 years from now, but that's a long answer to a question, and I hope, I hope the audience and Sam and Kyle enjoyed that. Yeah, I think, I think it's really important that it doesn't sound like your parents pushed that on you, even though yeah. that was what they were involved in, and you yeah. really just kind of learned yourself that that was what you were interested in and that's what you wanted to, to study. But I'm curious because there's so many, especially at a school like NC State, there's so many different engineering departments and so yeah. many majors to choose from. Were there other, were there any other um, engineering departments that you really took a second look at and um, almost chose instead of biomedical? Mm -hmm. There were a couple. Uh, industrial engineering was my what if, uh, mainly because it, it kind of has that jack of all trades aspect. It's that you're creative, you can do what you want with it. Um, but just a little, to, to rephrase your question, you know, to, to something which I think is important to bring up, my choice to come, in, to, come to NC State was not so much, hey, I want to go to NC State, can I do biomedical? It was, I want to do something with my life. What are my best choices? And at the time, NC State was. Uh, in summary, I came from overseas. I spent the past, I spent the age of 10 to 18 living in Lebanon. Uh, and my choice to come to university was a choice to, I want to go see the world, get my life started. So I applied to 19 universities. Not even kidding. It was a lot of application money. Um, but I don't regret, regret any of it. NC State's an awesome university. And the environment that I've been able to get into here between the biomedical engineering group, between NC State entrepreneurship, between the incredible musicians on campus, uh, it's just a thriving area of, of creative people. Uh, so yeah, there were, there were other engineering departments that caught my attention, electrical, industrial, but uh, I, think, I think NC State has a lot to offer no matter what kind of engineering you're in or what kind of major. You, know, you could be in anything. And, uh, and and come out successful if you put, put your mind right. to it, if you manifest it. Yeah. <laughs> if you manifest your success, no matter it doesn't matter what your background is. Right, right. And I think you, you like hit the hammer on the hail, uh, the hammer on the head there when you said like created creativity and like building things. Yeah. I feel like that's the perfect thing like for engineering because like yeah. when you, you have to build things and you have to be creative if you want to be a successful engineer. Yeah. Like I, I mean you can do math but mostly math is just like formulas and you're just doing the same like it's what everyone else is doing in the same field and you're just applying to something different but engineering you really got to be creative with what you're saying. So I, yeah. I know like biomedical engineering is like it's pretty like health heavy. Yeah. So like was there something about like health that like appealed to you or you just like the program like in general? Or, or yeah that's, uh, that's the second part which I just want to comment on something you you said yeah. which is about the creativity because uh, this is something which I care about a lot like Sir Ken Robinson if you guys are familiar with his TED talk this guy's like the leading authority on education highly recommend watching his TED talk he talks a lot about the importance of creativity um, I think that fields like engineering don't get as acknowledged as they should when it comes to creative people people think creativity oh he's a he's an artist he, you know, he likes drawing. He builds amazing sandcastles. No, man, creativity. There's a million different kinds. There's a million different ways to express it. Having a podcast is an expression of, of creativity. Have, making an amazing breakfast is an expression of creativity. And I think that's what makes us human. That's what we do. We developed. We, we're tool builders, right? That's the engineering side. We're, we're all engineers. Let's call it that. Doesn't matter what you study. Doesn't matter what you work. We're all engineers. Whether it's engineering a dream, 
or, or, or a car or whatever it is. Uh, so back to your question. Back to your question about health and how that relates to me and how, you know, whether I, I, it resonates with me. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a personal trainer in addition to my being a full-time student. And uh, personal training is one way where I can affect change in people's lives positively. It, it, I wouldn't say it was what made me become a personal trainer, but I'd say it's the reason why I'm still a personal trainer. Uh, you, you can see people have less pain because you help them improve their posture. You see them go up to you with glowing face like, hey, I moved my apartment yesterday and I could pick up a couch that I needed two guys to help me with last time. Wow, people's quality of lives, people's quality of life is just changing because I told them to do, you know, a couple of squats. No, it's not that simple as that. Like, you know, metaphorically, I told them to squat a couple of times a week, and suddenly, you know, they 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 are happier because of it, and they're living a better life because of it. Maybe they'll live longer because of it. So I definitely have a motivation to affect change in people's lives. And the personal training and the biomedical engineering kind of happened at the same time because of that. I got my certification in personal training. Well, I started studying for it around the time that I started college. And I think the two have, have gone hand in hand together. In, in the classroom, for example, I see anatomy a different way than other people do. I see uh, physiology a different way than, than people do. And as a trainer, I know mechanics better than other trainers. Uh, and I can think, wow, it would be great to have a device that stabilizes the knee in this way. And then I'll go home, draw a sketch for it, and, and do the math and all and all that. So, yeah, health health is a big part of it. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel I feel like we all all three of us are really big components of health. And like, if you're not keeping like a good health and like physical health, then yeah. you're not. Everything else is going to fall behind. Oh yeah. There's there's a saying in Arabic, "Lakl salim fil jism salim." It means it pretty much means you know, healthy brain can only be in a healthy body. Right. So that's a good point. Yeah. So I'm curious, like as far as like a general society, like, well, I guess you could, I guess you could speak on the total world in general too, but um, I, I wouldn't say that much, but yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as, I guess you could just talk about like in America, obviously there's a lot of problems that we have to deal with, mm. like poverty. I mean, mental illness is a big thing. Yeah. And then there's obviously like physical health. Do you think that we're pushing like physical health, like to the extent that it needs to be pushed to be like a, a great society as like humans? What do you mean pushing physical health? Like, do like, you do you think it's, it's talked about enough? as it should be like there's there's a there's a bunch of problems like going on in the world mm. and like physical health is obviously one aspect of many problems do you yeah. think that physical health is is on the the high should be a higher priority or is about right or what do you what do you think that's an amazing question Kyle uh, let me think of how to phrase this best you're right there's a lot of issues in the world and you don't want to push one at the expense of others but let's let's look at some numbers I forget what the statistic was. It might be a little bit outdated. I think it's like 38% of US males are gonna have cancer within their lifetime. 50% of all people in, in most developed countries, and I think most developing countries, 50% will get Alzheimer's within their lifetime. Every chronic illness is on the rise, with very few exceptions. And I think physical health just looking at the numbers, thinking, oh my God, where are we all headed? Like, there's there's four people in this room. Shout out to Daniel, the cameraman. <laughs> there's four people in this room right now. Think about this. In 70 years, half of us will either be dead, have had cancer, almost half of us will have had cancer, or uh, have had Alzheimer's. Just let that sink in. Is it being pushed enough? I think it's not being pushed enough, honestly. 
uh, and I think it should be pushed in different ways as well. Why is our health bad? Like, why do, why do you guys think? What's 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 your take on it? Because I, I have my own opinions, but yeah. why is there why are there, why are there these issues rising? What do you think, Sam? I think uh, I mean one of the easiest ways to describe it is um, just the the food that we eat, mm-hmm. um, with processed everything. I saw a statistic the other day is. 99% of foods that are around today were not around 100 years ago, mm-hmm. which is so concerning mm-hmm. because nothing's made from natural ingredients anymore and it's all processed. And even though we know processed foods cause illnesses like cancer, yeah. they're still everywhere and they're the yeah. cheapest things to buy. Yep. I agree 100%. And, and what pushes that processed food and everything like that is money. Yes. Because the, you try to make the mm-hmm. food the cheapest, you try to make it last the longest so it has more shelf life. And the more you just push that narrative, and People are going to just pour money into it, and then bigger profits, and yes. it's just it's a full circle of yeah of bad health. Absolutely, you guys, you guys hit the the, the hammer on the nail of the you know tripped yeah. over the same <laughs> phrase that you did earlier. You guys are exactly right. It's it's lifestyle, and that includes food, that includes how includes how much we move, and includes what goes into our minds as well. You know, if all if all you do is stress and stress and stress and trigger that fight or flight response, you know, and have all these stress hormones going on in your body. That can't be good for you long term. That can't be good for you over the course of, of decades. Um, so I think to address health, I think there should be more than just, hey, let's talk about eating healthy. Let's talk about exercising. That's very important. It's why I do it. It's it's part of the reason why I do it. But there has to be some sort of systematic change because it's exactly how you said money pushes it. You know, you have you have people with a lot of money. You know, paying you, literally paying you through advertisements to, well, putting money on you through advertisements to, hey, eat, eat the, this, you know, deep fried thing yeah. that'll, you know, take, shave 10 years off your life if it's all you see. And if it's the cheapest option, you know, it shouldn't be the cheapest option. Why is it, why is it more healthy to yeah. eat less processed foods? Well, it's simple because there's big industry that, that pushes that. Uh, and I think unless we address that somehow, you know, through legal action or, or through through changing society's mentality, activism, whatever avenues that we have available to us, unless we 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 affect massive change, we're going to be in big trouble, and we already are. There's trillions of dollars worldwide every year spent on on poor health, or as a result of poor health, trying to save lives. It's you know, it's, right. And not to even mention the yes, all the money is put towards like fast food and like processed food, but like at least in America, we're like one of the only other only countries that like advertise like pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. and that just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me I'm yeah. you're welcome to touch on what you yeah. think about that uh, my opinion isn't fully formed on that and it's something which it's something which is kind of a sensitive topic especially considering my field in biomedical engineering but you know I, I think I think it's, it goes back to the whole systematic thing you know it's how people live uh, for example if you guys like travel to you know some you know European nations, uh, walk around the subway in Germany, for example, look around at people. They have better posture. They can walk insane miles, like they walk distances every day. They have to, because, you know, it's, well, they don't necessarily have to, but it's, it's more economical for them to, it's, it's cheaper for them to, to, you know, take the train and walk a few blocks, then get a car and drive around. And their health is much better because of it, you know? And yeah, food is part of it as well. You know, it's, it's less processed food. It's more economical than it is here, at least, to eat healthy. It's, it's the movement, man. Right. Like, what, what was the last time you walked five miles in a day? Yeah. Seriously, what was the last time you did? It's hard to. Like, it's, re- it's it, most places, unfortunately, 
most places in the U.S., even though we have vast expanses, we have amazing infrastructure, we have you know beautiful landscape in every part of the country, where where you can just get out and walk. It's the simplest movement. We it's it, it doesn't make sense for us to. How are you going to cross the road? You know, even ferry. You know, Western Boulevard. Try crossing those at night. Oh God! You wait a minute for the light to change, then you cross, and someone almost kills you on the way back. Dude, then you wonder if you're going to get robbed. And you know, all all of that, all that just across the street and have a bite to eat. But the only food's available. Food available is some is some you know, you know, pizza. Right. So um, that's what I mean by systematic change. We have to change that. You know, make it easier to to do what's natural. Agreed. Yeah, and um, you touched on, I guess, why you wanted to become a personal trainer Yeah. Um, for uh, the reasons that you kind of were into health. Um, I'm curious, why did you choose the avenue of um, becoming a, like a self-employed trainer instead mm-hmm. of just finding um, a company and mm-hmm. working as a trainer for them? Mm-hmm. Well, I am currently employed by a company, um, and I've learned a lot from them. Uh, but at self-employment, it... I wouldn't just say self-employment. I'd say independence as a whole. Uh, and I know you guys, you know, have, you, you're passionate about financial independence, uh, financial literacy, and I think I think those two go hand in hand. I wanted to learn how to think independently, set a goal, and work towards it without anyone giving me a deadline, without anyone telling me what to do. I wanted to be able to set my own expectations and meet them, because those are hard skills, which unfortunately our school systems like. They don't. They don't. They don't teach us. Our school systems don't teach us, and you know, you know, our parents. God bless. God bless them. You know, they do their best to teach us, but they're parents. They're authority. You know, they are. They are symbols of authority in our lives. Eventually, we're going to have to be our own authorities. And personal training is something that I love doing. It has a lot of potential to let to teach you that skill how to how to be independent. And I also wanted to use it as a way to reach out to others in a way that I can't as an employee at one specific institution. If you're an employee at one institution, you, you know, if you're working, if you're working full time as a trainer, how many people can you meet per day? You know, if you stretch it, maybe around ten, depending on your schedule, how much you time with them, you spend time with you spend with them. If you're doing it independently, you know, uh, maybe not physically training people in person, but having face-to-face conversations with them and learning about them and writing programs just for them, you can have a much wider impact. And I think that's that's needed, you know? Going back to talking enough about health, yeah, people talk about health, but they don't always talk about it in the right way, you know? The the unrealistic images on social media of, you know, this is what you should look like, this is how you should eat, this is how you should do. Jeez, these guys don't know what they're talking about, come on. A lot of, the, a lot of them don't, like the, the fad diet culture and the fad workout culture. So I see myself as able to send a positive message out there. And I'm affecting powerful change in people's lives by training at an institution, but I can have wider change. I can be more powerful by doing something additional, which is doing this independently. Um, and that goes hand in hand with me learning how to be an independent thinker, how to have my own business, so to speak, and run it. And I have no doubt that's gonna carry, that's gonna, have skill transfer one day if I want to start a company you know one day if I want to start a family because that's important too you know knowing how to set expectations and meet them hold yourself accountable have ethics and principles and stick to them so uh, it's 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 a it's a way to teach myself lessons and so far it's working so far it's working I've learned so much from this who who knew that you know you could learn so much without a teacher so yeah right I think I think a lot of people like oh they're always stressing like 
the saying like, okay, surround yourself with people that are better than you. Mm-hmm. And like in your case, like you're, you're doing a job that you plan on doing yourself as a self-employed person, but yeah. you, you're surrounding yourself with people who already know how to do that job. Like, is that, is that right? Yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. So like, what, what have you learned as far as like dealing with like clients in particular? Like different, there's, there's obviously a huge amount, like there's people that are different weight classes and there's people mm-hmm. that are skinny and they're mm-hmm. trying to put on weight. So mm-hmm. what, what, what have they taught you about how to deal with clients like differently? Like, yeah. What are some practices that? Yeah, so one thing that I've learned, and I'm glad you asked this question, because it's a question that people don't ask enough. Oh. Yeah, you, you learn a lot. I think the most important thing is understand who you're training. I mean, in what world can I have one program and sell it to 500 people and it work for everyone? In what world is that true? Your body is different you know, than, than Sam's body. You think differently. Your lifestyle is different. You know, Everything is different. Your, physio- your physiology, how you approach your workout. Uh, so the most important lesson, I think, is listen to your client. Or listen to the person you're working with. Understand what they need and then work with them on that. And I think that's a lesson which can be applied to every aspect of life, to your business, if you have customers, to your friends, listen to them, man. Like, understand what they want. How can you be there as a friend? Don't just like spout whatever lesson you thought you learned and tell them, okay, just go do that. Or No, man, like be present with them. Uh, like, it's easy to make assumptions. And I learned you can't do that, you have to be open. You have to understand things, and I've learned some very important lessons from my clients. Like one of them, one one lesson is one I, I tell my friends all the time. I had this one client tell me, "Look, man," he said, uh, "Look, I'm 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 an adult, a few years older than you. I'm working. Let me tell you something. Always leave some me time. You know, it doesn't matter how busy you are, your job, your partner, your whatever. Always leave a couple of hours every day just for yourself." And I heard that, I was like, ah. Okay, keep, keep doing your cool down, whatever. Then I went home, I thought, I was like, you know what? I need some me time. This guy is right. He saw it in my face, and he's right. And since then, it's like every hour, at least one hour a day, sit down, chill, do something I want, you know. Don't answer my phone, don't answer emails. You got some me time. So don't judge, have an open mind. I think that's the most important lesson I've learned from training. It's awesome. I feel like a lot of people don't, don't really appreciate, like, you, if, even if you are teaching someone something, like you can learn from the process of you mm-hmm. teaching at the same time. Oh, yeah. And like, just because uh, you might even like be teaching something and you, you work through that thought process of you teaching something and you're like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. It might be this way instead. Oh, yeah. and that's a prime example of you just learning from your own clients. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like what, what uh, professors always tell us, you know, it's like uh, working groups explain to your friends. Explain it to your friends, see if you understand it better, you know? Right. I think, uh, the, that's such a good such a good way to visualize it because if you think about it like another perfect example of that is um, in a like in fi- finances right yeah if you're a financial advisor you're not gonna tell a 60 year old woman to buy the same things as you're gonna tell a 20 year old college yeah. student to buy oh yeah and um, I think that's that's so valuable and it really can be applied to anything but like one thing I was really curious on because I'm also I'm also in a really specialized engineering department mm-hmm. and it's a lot of times it'll seem like the things I'm learning it's like there's, this can't be applied to anything else. None of these skills are transferable. But I'm curious: are there any? Is there anything that you learned in, in biomedical engineering that you were able to apply to um, being a personal trainer or being a self-employed uh, mm-hmm. owner of, of the personal training program you do? Yeah. So from a technical side, there's there's a lot of there's some transfer from a technical side, like like biomechanics, understanding how the body works in general, just the science of that. Uh, I'm not going to dive too deep in that too deep in that because you know I'll I'll go, I'll start nerding out on everyone here. That'll take everyone's time. 
Um, I think that biomedical engineering and every other demanding academic program really teaches you how to put your nose to the grindstone. You know, you learn how to work hard for something you won't always see the reward for right away. That's just life. That's just life. You work and you work and you work and you work. Like you feel like you're never gonna, you're never gonna make it. And then, twenty years later, you think back, wow, I got a degree out of that, and that's opened a lot of doors. Uh, so, I'm sure you guys can can relate as students. You know, when you have that, you know, ten page coding assignment <laughs> that you're not gonna finish, and you know you have to do the best you can, so you pass the course, but you do it. And when it's like that every other day or every day, and you finish the year, you're tired, but you look back and like, wow, I did that. I did that. So, uh, with regards to biomedical in specific, uh, I think I'd have to give that more time to think how it's carried over to personal training. But definitely, working towards a degree—that's that's a that's a big learning experience. You learn how to work. You learn how to work hard, and you know once you learn that, you, you're, you're toughened up because of it. You can do a lot more with your life afterwards. Right. I, I agree. I think a lot. I mean, me and Sam, we kind of we kind of bash college a lot on on our recent episodes. But yeah. At the same time, there are a lot of principles like. The fact that you can really, if you just put your mind towards something, like whatever, the 10-page yeah. coding assignment, if you can put your mind to that, even though it might be miserable and your teachers are making you do it so you don't actually enjoy it, if you can put your mind to that, then it might definitely carry over into something that you're actually trying to yeah. achieve like later in life. Yeah, even if, you aren't, even if you're not going to use the coding, right. you're going to use that work ethic. Right. And it's, work ethic is like discipline. It isn't something that comes naturally. You have to build it. You have to build it. And it's not like the more you use, the less you have. No. Like I, I talk, I say that a lot. Motivation is nothing compared to discipline. Motivation runs out. Discipline doesn't. The better you are doing it, the better it gets. Right. Uh, not to say, you know, just sidebar. Speaking about college, not to say that people who don't go to college, you know, can't do as much and more. It's just that I. This is how it's reflected on my life. You know, college is not a must in my opinion, but it's it's these are the lessons it's taught me. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, we, we kind of connected through college too, yeah. um, which was actually really interesting. So um, there's like this Entrepalooza event at NC State yeah. um, for the viewers that don't know. Um, and there's actually this where you apply and like you have this business idea and then they choose 10 people to give a minute to win a speech. Um, and you actually chose fat cell batteries technically. And um, so that was your proposal. And I don't know if you want to try to recite the 60-minute speech <laughs> that you had or if you just want to explain like briefly of, of what that proposal was of fat cell batteries and however deep you want to dive into it. Yeah, sure. Um, what, what was it exactly? Sure. Uh, You're good. So, fat batteries. I'm not going to go through the full monologue right now because I don't want to trip over a word. It's been, been a week and a half, two weeks since I gave it. But the idea is that we have an energy crisis, right? Fossil fuels, la-di-da, renewable energy, fusion, all that. We know the story. And here's the thing. Look around you. Energy is all around you. Energy is inside you. You're, you are a living, moving thing. That energy comes from somewhere. So we have this blueprint for energy. It's harness the sun's power, right? Turn it into uh, you know, biological materials. Store them. And then release them, right. right? So it's the sunlight, you know, the photosynthesis, you know, storing it in fat, releasing it energy. That's that's an established chemical process that we have. Uh, and I firmly believe that nature, through the millions of years that it has existed, has perfected this process. Nature is a better engineer than I will ever be. Um, so if we have an energy problem, and we're running out of power. 
But around us, there is a blueprint for having limitless power. Why don't we use it? And okay, someone, you could say, yeah, we have that solar, solar energy. Well, yes, but no. <laughs> well, yes, but no. How do we store the energy? Because if you know a little bit about renewable energy, you, you, you harness it, then you have to store it. You can't go straight solar power to outlet. So it's solar power to battery to inverter. And then from that inverter, you get that AC current, you know, which then you can plug into your computer to make it DC and whatnot. And those batteries are part of a larger chain issue. The, the batteries consume valuable materials. And I mainly mean lithium ion batteries and also lead acid batteries. Um, if you look at where tech in general gets the materials, it's from places with valuable resources and those resources are running out. And more often than not, these places are, uh, are capitals of child labor, modern day slavery, misery in general, complete lack of human rights. And I think you can hit two birds with one stone. Copy nature's blueprint for storing energy help solve you know, the humanitarian crisis which is at hand and also reverse global warming. And hear me out, hear me out. It's, it's part of, it's, 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 I'm, I'm taking you guys back to you know, high, high school chemistry, high school bio, but if, 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 you're, if you know the process of what fats are made of, it's basically long carbon chains, right? And fossil fuels, one of the main ones which is causing this issue is carbon dioxide, which is the most abundant form of carbon in the atmosphere. So if you're gonna create somehow a battery made from living fat tissue, from living fat cells. Where is that carbon gonna come from? The atmosphere. So you create a natural carbon sink, help with global warming, humanitarian issues, and storing energy, harnessed from the sun and wind power, and release that to your home. And since it's a living fat cell, as opposed to just, you know, making, you know, uh, for example, gas out of corn, which is a thing, by the way. Fun fact, it's a cool thing. If you were to create it some, out of something living, that means it's more sustainable, it's less cost of keeping it alive, uh, and I think it opens an avenue for living technology, which is which is a whole other tangent, which if you have the time, you know, so, you know I'd love to dive into it, because uh, the ability to harness nature for our tech, like I said, it's nature's blueprint, man. You just gotta control C, control V. It's not that simple, a lot of research has to go into it, but I think in 100, 150 years time, that's gonna be the tech we're working with. And I think if I don't start it, who will? If I don't work towards it, if I don't talk about it, who's going to? All right, that's uh, a good point. Go ahead, Sam. That's, that's crazy. Um, it seems like you, you, you have an idea that could solve multiple problems at once, which I think is, is so huge. But I'm curious, is this just like, a, like an idea that you thought of and you're like, wow, if this could become a working product, this would be crazy, or is this like, I'm gonna devote my my life to making this feasible yeah. and make it happen. I love that you asked that question, man. Uh, when I, t truth be told, when I went up to pitch at Entrepalooza, you know, you know minute to pitch it, uh, I was like, you know what, I have this great idea. I want to, I want to speak it out loud. I have to get out of my system because I'm not going to be happy leaving college without talking to someone about it. I have to get out of my system. So I pitched it, and the reaction afterwards was nuts. Like so many people went up to me, like, bro. Explain your idea to me. That sounds crazy. That sounds nuts. I'm like, okay, this is my idea. Pitch it again. You know, then a judge would come up like, bro, that was nuts. That was awesome. Explain it to me. Did it again. And it happened again and again and again. People I've never met would come up, shake my hand, talk to me, ask me, you know, what about that? So the reaction convinced me, you know what? I'm onto something big. And 
I, I'm, I should do something with this. And, and to answer your question, no, this is something which, which I want to pursue. Right now, I'm still in the ideation phase. I'm not at the point where I can say I have a product. I'm nowhere near there. And I don't think I will be for a while because this, kind of, this is the kind of scientific thing which, if it's possible, will need years and years of research to determine whether or not it's even possible to, to start doing. But, but we know the chemistry. We know the biology. I'm a person with a scientific background. I know something about the tech it needs. I've had experience you know, setting up my own solar system at home. Um, so it's something I, I, I hope to pursue. And hopefully, you know, within five, six months, maybe I'll have a working model for it. Right. So, uh, so nobody steal my idea yet. But if you do, respect, because it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a big effort to make it happen. I was about but, to say it sounds it sounds like if someone were to steal your idea, it would take a lot more than just a, yeah, was, knowing the idea. Yeah, there's a lot more behind. It the would scenes. take a lot of funding, a lot of brain power. If someone has the brain power to make it a reality before I do, respect to them, man. Right. I, I won't. Just I'll, give them some equity. In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that's that's funny. Um, so um, one one thing that actually that reminded me of is uh, there's this thing called it's sponsored by Dr Pepper or something. I just I just want to touch on it before I forget. Yeah. Um, it's like you can you make a pitch and it's like you enter to win a contest worth uh, twenty three thousand dollars in tuition funding and um, $23,000 in seed funding. Nice. Um, I'll have to send you that link after Please this do. podcast. Please do. Please do. email they sent out to us at NC State. Please so do. So maybe that might be the start. Please do, absolutely. Yes. I'd, I'd love to learn more about that. Yes. and um, Not for the money, I'm not about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, $23,000 in tuition, that might help you out a lot. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, so like, obviously like when people come up with these crazy ideas, hopefully it will be in 10, yeah. 20 years from now, Like you always wonder like, okay, how do they think of this? So was yeah. it like a moment where you were like, oh, this, why have we not been doing this for batteries? Or was it just something that you like came across like after all these factors that you considered? It was it was around the time that I was writing an essay for an English class. Uh, I was writing an essay about the, the whole the, actually the funny story. The point was it wasn't an essay. It was a podcast assignment for an English class. Okay. Oh, we've come full circle. <laughs> we have. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was uh, English one hundred and one. I think it's the English course that all engineers have to take. And I had a really cool professor. Uh, I forget his name. He was, he was really cool. He was a master's student. He was like, okay, guys, I'm not going to make you write an, write an essay. Here's what you do. Find any scientific article. Like, it has to be a technical article and explain it in a podcast. And the article that I chose was about creating uh, soft robotics, which is robots made out of literal soft materials, so either a polymer or a material inspired by nature, and they were creating these lifelike robots. They were creating robots that looked and moved like fish, like you know, like an octopus, like a spider, like whatever. And that got me thinking, wow, these robots can are so precise. They move like real life, and the potential in you know electronics manufacturing and in 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 surgical robotics because of this bio inspired tech, it's huge. What about this massive energy issue that we're facing? How can we do that as well? So I mean, okay, how do I store energy? Fat. Wait, wait a minute. I store energy through fat. Why can't I? Why can't my house store energy in, through fat? And then it got me thinking. You know, went over. You know, had organic chemistry class as well. So I learned learned more a bit about that. Uh, so my college education kind of kind of fed this growing idea of bio inspired technology. Bio inspired technology create technology based off of or modeled after after life and one example of bio-inspired tech which I think everyone knows just to show 
you know, the, the near potential, the near surface of this, Boston Dynamics. You guys heard of that company? I've not. Yes, have you guys seen that, um, that like robot dog spot? I have yes, actually. that's Boston Dynamics. Oh, okay. That Boston, that 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 one robot modeled after a dog. You know, just the mechanics of a dog. It is being served, is being used in militaries all over the world. You know, for clearing landmines, for example, it's being used in construction. It's being used to survey dangerous areas. This thing is helping save lives, and it's it's a robot with you know similar joint mechanics to a dog. That's relatively speaking to the potential of what we could harness from biology. That's that's like minimal. Watch their you know their their humanoid robot Atlas. You know what could that do for helping the elderly, for example? Uh, they have a robot modeled after an ostrich. It's it, it's creepy. It's creepy looking, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's, but it's it's amazing, and it's it's might have been an ostrich. Don't quote me on that, Boston okay. Dynamics. But um, this potential we have is amazing, and and this is one way which I thought, okay, we can harness that. And I I did some research on it, looked it up. I didn't find any literature on it yet, which which struck me. Nobody's thought of this before. At least if they have, they haven't published it. They haven't written about it. Now's the time, you know. Let's get a head start. Right. It's like I personally feel inspired by Nikola Tesla a lot. You know, yes. probably the smartest person to ever exist. They call him nuts. They call him crazy. He had these you know science fiction ideas. Who's to say that if I have one, I can't at least try to inspire the next the next Nikola Tesla, or be the next? I'm not going to go that far as right. to say that, but you know, yeah. <laughs> And you're so young too. It's like, why not take that risk? Why not take that risk? Like, you, even if you spend two years failing, you're still yeah. under thirty, and you have yeah. your whole life ahead. Of yeah, you still. and no regrets. You right. know, pursuing something you believe in. I do have a I have a movie recommendation for you. Oh yeah, it's called The Prestige. Prestige. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but Nikola Tesla is is a big character in it, and it's okay. such a good movie. I'll look into it. Um, but the the dog. The first time I saw that was actually a while ago. I think it was on TikTok. Yeah. This guy was basically saying. He, he started a GoFundMe. He was like, if everyone sends me $5, I'll be able to buy this $40,000 robot dog. Yeah. And everyone sent him the, the money, and he never bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just see the videos of it. It looked, it looked so cool. Well, maybe that guy's smarter than I am. Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm curious. I guess we're moving into movies. Do you have any, like, books or, like, recommendations, like, uh, YouTube channels oh, that you really... Yeah have that you think would be useful to the audience if you have any oh yeah i got a lot man okay, okay well let, let's try let's try to choose a few what, what you I, think the most valuable are yes theory is okay. awesome i love yes theory you should all check it out uh the godfather it's an awesome movie <laughs> also an awesome book the alchemist by paulo coelho that's a great book I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go beyond the realm of like movies I like to watch and movies that I think would be beneficial because they're they're two different things. The Big Short. That's a good movie. Y'all heard of that? Yeah. yeah that's a problem. Big investing. Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. Maybe yeah. Too. <laughs> that's a fun watch too. Yeah. What about you guys? What what books, movies do you recommend? Uh, I mean, my favorite movie by a long shot is Interstellar. Mm, yeah. Um, always will be probably. I'm looking forward to Avatar coming out. Later oh yeah, Avatar is a good movie. Movies, but. Dances with Wolves. That's a good movie. Dancing like, with Wolves. That's Dances with Wolves. Okay. Dance Dancing with Wolves is the is the NC State Ballroom Dance Club. You know, <laughs> shout out to Dancing with Wolves. I love you guys. Um, actually, we actually have a, have practice the day after tomorrow. Um, but the, the what's it called? Dances with Wolves is like the the pre Avatar Avatar. It's it's about a story about a, an American captain in the Civil War who goes to the frontier and his interaction with I think it's the Cherokee tribes. 
the frontier so it's, okay. it's a great watch yeah sweet I, I love movies as far as a book actually we, someone mentioned it in, the, in our previous episode it's called anti-fragile mm-hmm. and I, it was on my list for a while and i was like okay this is one's jumping to the first because someone just recommended it to me yeah now. um there's like they separate it in books and i'm on the second book now and it, it is a mind-blowing book like yeah the the the, the ideology that he like presents that like isn't present in any of the conversations today is is insane and it's just like there's so many terms that are like okay why is this not talked about more so anti-fragile I, I, anti-fragile is amazing i'm not finished yet but maybe maybe it'll turn downstream like the end of the book but it's going great so far is it like similar like david goggins type books uh, no it's 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 not like that it's like a okay. he just like presents ideas it's not like a story or anything okay um, i think the author is taleb taleb um, okay, I might be butchering that, but you know what his first name is? Um, not off the top of my head. Is I'm it pretty... Nassim? Maybe yes. Nassim Nicholas. Yes, yes, yeah. that's him. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a good author. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's wrote, wrote uh, the Black Swan. Yeah, and uh, it's like the Rules of Randomness or Fooled by Randomness. Yeah. I think is another one of his yeah. books. He has like a whole series. Yeah. Um, that's all like based off of what a black yeah. swan is and yeah. how to how to fight black yeah. swans in your life. Couple more book suggestions since you brought that up because that, that is like I want to read that because it's kind of on the theme of these. One of them, is, well, sort of on the theme. Uh, one of them is L'étranger or The Stranger by Albert Camus. Albert Camus. I don't know how you'd say it. It's a it's a it's a book on existentialism, okay. philosophy. It's a great book because it teaches you perspective. It's like whoa, I never thought of life that way. You know, I never thought I could see life this way, in a good way and a bad way. That's a great book. Uh, the other one is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. <laughs> I love David Goggins. That dude is awesome. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard those a lot. Yeah. From a lot I think of we need to now. start a tally for the number of times yeah. we get recommended that book. It's a great book. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess wrapping up here, we normally end all of our podcasts and we ask our guests one question. And yeah. that is, what is one goal you have, whether in your career or personal life, and what steps are you taking to achieve it? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Could I hear your guys' answers first? Because I'm, I'm really curious. Oh, he's, he flipped the switch on us. Uh, yeah. I like, I like that. <laughs> um, I guess I'll start. I, I, this is really simple and like kind of um, cliche, but I just try to get better like every day. That's just the goal I have. And like whether it's it's reading a more challenging book or moving into a different subject of books, um, that's just something like I try to think like any way I can apply. Like, okay, so what's something I'm doing now that I can get better at and think of what steps I can take to, to do that. Books is just one of those examples. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess there are probably a lot of different ways I could take this. Uh, one big goal of mine is to to become a developer, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a blockchain developer specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing as I'm I'm not a computer science major, so I'm basically doing all the the self studying myself. So one goal I have and the steps to achieve it is just learning. Um, essentially, I guess it's essentially five coding languages on my own. Um, Using things like Replit and Build Space. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Does give you any goals? ideas? <laughs> goals. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to bring your whole life down to one goal. <laughs> That's kind of the path, isn't it? Like, try right. to figure out your purpose in life right. by, by you know, actively living life. Um, but you gave a, a goal which wasn't, you know, just your whole life. So, let's see how, how to put this. I mean, yeah, you can take it anyway. If yeah. you just want to choose one goal that you yeah. think and... I resonate with you in a lot, like be better, prove yourself every day. But I think, I think a more broad one, which I hope people in the audience can kind of relate to, is hold nothing back. Hold nothing back, man. You're only here once. Give it all you got. You know, that doesn't mean exhaust yourself. Doesn't mean give up when when you're when you feel finished. But it means no, like you have a dream, follow it. 
Right. Do your best to see it through. You know, you love someone, go for it. Don't 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 hold back. You know, have no regrets. So right. that's that's something that takes practice, but I'm. I'm working on it every day. That's amazing. I think yeah. you carrying out your, your minute to pitch it thing yeah. is a prime yeah. example of what you're doing through that. So. that. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you guys so much. This is uh, this was an amazing experience, amazing podcast. Yeah, enjoy having yeah. you. Yeah. You're so wise for like a, such a such a college student. Some of the things you're saying are so like wise, and it's, right. it's awesome Damn, to hear that. It, and that's exactly what we want for our I audience. Appreciate it, man. So it was, it was a pleasure having yeah. you on the show. Yeah, thank you guys. Ho- hopefully, five years from now, we'll be talking about your fat cell batteries that came out. <laughs> ho- hope, you know, hopefully, I'll, I'll be reading about you in the newspaper, blockchain development, and, and all that. Right? Yeah, blockchain yeah. at NCSU. Yeah. He's fat. Yeah. So we started a club. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, man. Thank you guys. If you enjoyed this conversation, we would really appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, if there is someone you know who might benefit from listening to the episode, make sure to send them the link. See you in the next episode.